it's Essential Dynamics again. And I'm Reed McCollum, your essential host, with our dynamic guru, Mr. Derek Hudson. Derek, you there again? I'm back, Reed. I'm glad you are. It's good, good to see you again. Yeah, and I'm very glad to uh, welcome back our our uh, guest, Mr. Dave Bodnarchuk, and we're going to have an interesting conversation. I know it. Hey, Hi, Dave. Dave. Welcome back. Thanks for uh, hey. thanks for not giving up off giving up on us after the first round. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, so Dave, we talked in our previous episode about you know your journey to get to election, buddy commented and you just kind of teased out a little bit about what happened uh, sort of the day the lockdown hit in uh, in March 2020. Uh, so take us back before that and tell us a little bit about how you started elect the election buddy part of your business and uh, where you were sitting when the pandemic uh, lockdown crashed down on us. Yeah, sure. Um, so long and short of it, I met my co-founder at something called Demo Camp. It's a local Ed- Edmonton institution. It was it was probably one of the first three where he'd given a presentation. And and he reminded me a lot of me back in that day. And this is a long time ago. This was back in 2000, 2011. You know, we, we worked together. He was going on to become a medical doctor. And, and he wanted to make sure that this legacy of you know, voting for students really, really continued. He was an engineering student at the time. He created a small platform to allow uh, student organizations to conduct their votes and elections. And I said, well, you know what? I think this has some interest but because it was compatible with some of the market segments that we were looking at. I really like Brady. He's still, you know, still a partner today and fantastic dude. And we just kind of hit it off. And so we, you know, we put something out in the net to test the theory that people would come in use the product they could do themselves, try it and test it before paying for it, and then have it grow without any kind of marketing feed. That's what we were really trying to test that time. And, you know, it was a slow growth. We knew it was going to be a slow growth because people typically host their votes once a year, um, you know, for member-based organizations. And so we just kind of put it out there and took the feedback, reiterated uh, learned some good lessons along the way and and then made the decision back in 2015 to spend a couple of years to refactor the product and get it ready for that next level and that next journey based on all the customer feedback that we did. We rolled that out in April 2017 um, with our next version and got even more traction. So we were growing at a rate of about 40% for the previous two years prior to that and then wow. to 70%. Um, uh, annual in that basis, you know, arguably in 11, we were super excited to get our first paying customer, which was 19 bucks. And that was probably the only customer that we had in that month who actually paid. Right. But, you know, uh, up until then, and what we started to grow at a pretty good clip. We had a good reputation in the marketplace. We started to see some people, some very interesting organizations use us, especially in seven, you know, that, that year of 17 and 18 in terms of paying real money to get certification around an election in an easy to use product. And that's, and that, that kind of led to the, the concept of, well, this needs some more focus. We added some people, we added some bodies and got ready for uh, for that next level of, journey, of the journey. But we didn't predict, as I say, the, the growth that we were going to have with COVID so, for sure. So Dave, if people could use your initial product for free, what was the tipping point to get them to pay? 
Well, what we provide our free product at a level for 20 users. So boards would come in and use it. Small student groups would come in and use it. And then they could try and test it until they felt comfortable. That was a big, big thing that we wanted to do. We didn't want people to pay for software that they wouldn't use or didn't feel comfortable with, right? Like it was literally that simple. Yeah. But we had to create a model that was different. And that's that model still in terms of that, it's called now today freemium, that concept of freemium, we brought to the election space before or uh, many, many others did. And it really, really helped us grow, right? You know, when we combined some of those different different sections, it was just a, a good way for us to go. And, and, you know, it was also our way of giving back. We wanted to make sure that we provided a competitive product at a reasonable price to try and create accessible democracy around the world. That's the goal. Okay. You had, uh, you, you mentioned that you have a product that was free, or that you were so glad to have one guy paying for uh, how and no marketing. That was your goal was you didn't want to have to market it. You knew it was slow growth. So what happened, what changed with COVID you could have died out. Why didn't you? Well, at the end of the day, you know, with COVID people were shut into their houses and, you know, if you're a professional association or member-based organization, you still want your engagement to continue. You still need to run the business of running that organization to continue. They couldn't do it in person. You know, prior to COVID, the two, there was basically a subset of organizations that would, if they were geographically dispersed, they would run remote elections and a lot of folks would use our product, you know, whether it was a, the largest car club in North America, whether it was uh, uh, an insurance uh, association, you know, a, a doctor's, uh, a medical college, a technical college, you know, university alumni groups, a lot of geographically dispersed organizations, but many associations or unions would say, look, we still want to conduct our meeting in person. It's still easy to fill up a ballot box when we're doing those votes. Um, so what we, with COVID, that changed. So they didn't have a choice. They couldn't go to a meeting, show their hands to vote on something. And there wasn't the level of integrity with within the virtual conference platform. So we just fill that niche. We buy both the concept of a meeting vote where you participate in an online or on-site meeting and you vote on your candidates or vote on your bylaw amendments or the motions that are going on in your meeting, along with what we would call a remote election where very similar to the, the federal election or your uh, the provincial elections or the municipal elections where you're voting on your candidates, but doing it for over a, a given time period but from the convenience of your own home remotely at the time that you want to vote. So we're one of the few platforms that handled the full uh, Claudia scope of voting. And I think that's really, really helped in, in managing our growth as well. So, so Dave, March 14th, you realized that the world had changed. Uh, when did your in, inbox get jammed? Was it like on the Monday, the 15th? No, you know, it, the U, the majority of our businesses in the U.S., like we do, we've done elections and now I think 195 countries around the world. But um, the, there was about a two-month lag. So we really started to see the trend change in that May-June timeframe. And where we really knew, like June and July and August, from about June 15th to August 15th were typically very slow moments for months for us. But basically, when we compared that to previous year, like we were growing it at an, literally an exponential rate. And, you know, the lucky part that we had was, 
you know, as I, as I told the team at the time, we're just trying to figure out how to help people because they're panicked. They don't know like the level of uncertainty that was out at the start of COVID and arguably that still exists today is, was really, really high. So now our motto is, well, let's just figure out how we can help people. And we were at the time, you know, a, a pretty small team and, you know, our, our motto was just, well, let's do what we can, help the folks, figure it out, and we'll, it'll serve us as well. And, and we've been really fortunate it has. And, and I got some fantastic folks on our team that, that have really answered the call during COVID. I can't say enough great things about them. So, so Dave, um, Essential Dynamics is the, the name of the podcast and the framework. And one of the, one of the elements of it is this idea that in the system, there are drivers and constraints. Um, and I'm interested in your journey because at one point you said, well, it's going to be slow growth. And so your constraint uh, to growth was market knowledge and acceptance. And so that's, you know, that's a good reason to try the free product. Um, and then things changed and the constraint was people couldn't gather. And that turned into a driver for you. And so now you have all this attention on your business um, your constraint moved into the organization, which was capacity to be able to respond to all that. What was it like when you had to, you know, respond to this, uh, you know, sudden increase in, in business? And where did, how did you decide what you needed to add next? <laughs> well, the, the biggest thing for us, it's a great question. I kind of giggle a little bit. I mean, I can tell you some of the stories that both myself and the team have, have really addressed during that time period. We had folks from a, a, a large association and, and an African nation say, look, we can't deliver in our election. Can you do this in the week for 35,000 folks? And we did, uh, you know, uh, the, the big one of the big challenges that we had was with all the growth, making sure that our infrastructure and delivery of systems didn't break. And again, testament to the team, we we did not have a failed election during that time. So even though we were growing at a nine X rate with both our free as well as as the paid elections that were being done and, you know, new users at a nine X rate, the systems managed, they, they held up. So, you know, we had done, you know, again, a testament to our co-founder and the development team, they spent a lot of time operationalizing to make sure that we could get the data in the right places, making sure systems didn't go down and making sure things that come up. The there, There's less of a less confidence in elections that go on in, in, in Africa, there's, there's a real trepidation to make sure that the vote's not rigged. And for us as a third party, there's still a level of skepticism. We had people checking every seven seconds to make sure that votes were being properly cast. And that almost took down our servers. We were working with our cluster. We went to the, to the highest level that we could get. And we were at 95% capacity until we figured out, well, the issue was, people were just not comfortable with the results. So we scaled that back, put it onto a separate area, made sure that they got unique results, but did it on a separate area, did it every five minutes. And our we went from 95% utilization literally to 3% on the basis of that, of that little fine. And that was, again, all based on the team because everybody was trying to figure out how to help. And that's, you know, we, we've had a good year. We've had a good series of growth but you can't do that without a team and and we've always tried you know one of my mandates is to try to figure out how you can operationalize and and automate right like 
for us, what that was always, that's been in my DNA. It's always been in that DNA. So when the growth occurred, we were able to manage that growth because we weren't constrained by delivery. We were able to actually add services and get the people focused on the right thing so that really we were just responding to market demand. So we, we were pretty lucky, but we also did it. You know, it was, we were always doing it with that automation because we didn't have the resources just to hire people. Right. That's remarkable. Uh, it just is you're really helping the world I, with this company. Where do you go to now? What happens? What's the next quest for election buddy? Well, you know, our, as I mentioned, our purpose is accessible democracy around the world. So we're going to focus on working with really, really great partners uh, to help deliver in that, in that quest, as you talk about it, as well as making sure that we can still do it, which is core to our roots. We're not, you know, we're, we don't have aspirations uh, of doing large federal or municipal elections. There's some really good folks that do that in that business. But for member-based organizations, there's some really large ones of those as well. Like there was a presentation yesterday by one of our customers, the AFL-CIO, that uh, talked uh, that there's a new president there and they were, they were showcased um, with uh, Joe Biden um, based on some of his mandates. So there's lots of large organizations in the world that need help with their votes. And we'll be there to, to help both the large and the more large organizations that we help, the more that we can stay true to our roots was making sure that if you're running a small group of, you know, up to 20, up to 350, and you just want integrity in your vote, we'll do that at a very reasonable price for you as well. It's kind of what the team is grounded in. So, so Dave, you've said a couple of times, about highly you think of your team and I've, I've not picked up on it, but I got to go back to that. So essential dynamics talks about the people side is the people, you know, that we take along with us on our quest. And um, I'm always looking for these dynamic forces and on the people side, it's the, the way I characterize it is there's individuals and then there's the group and people are messy. People have their own, um, objectives their own quirks um you're trying to form this you know integrated system high performing team with a bunch of people who are you know unique in their own ways um sounds like you've done a great job of doing it what are some tips you have for people who are trying to build teams to me it's all about defining the team member within your you know you hear about it a lot what's your core culture um what's what's your corporate values for us, you know, the moment I started to institute that back in 2015, that just changed our game. We hired to it. We make sure we do performance evaluations based on it. We're just in the big process of reviewing that to make sure it now with our expanded team that it meets, you know, our quest and what our culture is. So, you know, getting people that align to those values are a big deal. You know, I I've, I'm one for automation. You know, we, we internally term that as awesome sauce, right? You know, coming up with creative, elegant solutions to address real world problems, right? And, you know, if you find people like that, for us, they tend to be a fit and it makes everything else go a little bit easier. When you have people that do not have the smartest people in the room that, that don't align to that team, they're not going to help. And you can have people that um, are great, great team players, but don't necessarily have some of those other skills 
that some of the A players want. So it's, it seems like a never ending journey to kind of fill in those. And, and the only other tip that I'll make is do it with thresholds. The people that you need, need when you're a small organization versus a midsize organization versus a large versus a fortune 500 company, they're very different at those stages. You know, there's analogies that have, I've heard in podcasts, like we well, start out with pirates and then you go to the Navy or, you know, uh, a, bunch of different things but but i found that to be true and and but we've been fortunate to keep you know many of our folks right through the entire right through the entire journey and and they're good people i can't say enough about them so, so are you telling me that awesome sauce is one of your values officially yeah it was it was it was a word that that my co-founder had coined and uh um you know it, we we explain what that means but it makes us a little bit a, a little bit unique we we called them the e-team values so we we talked about <coughs> excuse me uh ethics tenacity um empathy awesome sauce and motivation right as as part of that uh part of that carry through. So, uh, um, and we're just literally going through an exercise to change that to reflect the new organization as don't, well. So to- don't lose awesome sauce, please, please. Don't. I know <laughs> I, I have to agree with that. Having lived as an example of awesome sauce all my life. So thank you very much for bringing that up. Dave, you are remarkable, a wonderful inspiration. Thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for joining us today. Uh, if people want to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Uh, electionbuddy.com uh, visit the site uh, again we're a simple to set up high integrity cloud-based voting platform that allows member-based organizations like professional associations homeowner associations unions universities and religious groups to manage their board elections bylaw amendments or anything that they need to vote on whether it's virtually on site or a combination of both what a pleasure to have met you thank you for talking to us Derek how can people get hold of you? Well, when you're done with election, buddy, swing on by to DerekHudson.ca and, uh, and we can talk about how to think about cool things like the quest. Yeah, yeah. What a great day it's been. Thank you very much for joining us, Dave. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. We, we appreciate it, I should say. <laughs> and uh, for Derek Hudson and uh, Bryn Griffiths in the studio, I'm Reed McCollum telling you to consider your quest. <laughs>